I put it to you, Greg. Isn't this an indictment of our entire American society? Well, you can do what you want to us, but we're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Gentlemen! It's a hell of a thing, killing a man. You take away all he's got, and all he's ever gonna have. Yeah. Well, I guess they had it coming. We all have it coming, Sonny, they said on a TV, two homosexuals in the bank, right on TV. Honey, you hear what they said? What difference does it make? They're going to say anything they want. Let them say. Well, I'm not a homosexual. You tell them to get that right. Now, that's, that's, that's going out on the TV. Sal, what am I supposed to do, you know? I can't control what they say on television. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell? The whole hill. It smells like... Victory. Don't worry about me! I'm Charles Foster Kane! You know, Billy? We blew it. What? <laughs> What, what, what? That's what it's all about, man. I mean, like, you know. I mean, you go for the big money, man, and then you're free. You dig? <laughs> he blew it. Hello, welcome once again to Cinema a la Carte, a movie podcast that discusses various films that aren't necessarily things that would be discussed on our, I guess, main podcast, Dark Discussions, uh, though tonight's was actually a topic that almost was considered for Dark Discussions, but uh, for some reason we didn't do it. Uh, but before we get into all that and what we actually are and where you can find us, uh, first off, I'm Phil from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going, sir? It's going well. Excellent. And in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, now, Eric, Eric, uh, I gave it many uh opening there but uh what, what is this podcast generally the cinema a la carte podcast. you just said it yeah but you kind of pushed this in this direction right i mean the history behind it <laughs> i suppose are we are you looking for the, the origin of every story? episode yeah, the um, origin. yeah. Uh, uh, all right we're gonna do an origin story every episode all right uh so <laughs> this this spinoff was created so we can do movies that uh we would normally not do on the Dark Discussions podcast. Um, this happened because Phil wanted to talk about every movie he likes on Dark Discussions, and I felt that some of the movies he wanted to cover were not appropriate for Dark Discussions. So this is the compromise. We're doing a monthly podcast on Cinema a la Carte, 
where you can talk about movies that we normally would not cover on darker discussions. And once every three months, we'll talk about one of those movies Phil wants to talk about. <laughs> that's right. Well, no, no we're actually uh, doing it. Well, actually, that's right. We skipped last month because something happened. Oh, oh, oh you, yeah, Mike. Yeah, you. Had, this you, is the second episode as yeah. of as of right now when we're recording this on October twenty third, twenty nineteen. Uh, we have also still known not as Day or Slap Your Annoying Coworker Day. I I saw that on the internet. I don't know if I believe that. Um, but uh, yes. So as of October twenty third, we have still not released the episode we recorded in August. <laughs> so. Was it August or that's September? Gonna happen. Huh? It, could September. it could have been September. No, no, it was August. Uh-huh. Was it? Yeah, yeah, because I know. Yeah, I had a pretty hellacious September. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I think that. I think that's Mike. What Mike it had back. to take September off, and that's yeah. fine because he had a shitty, shitty life in September. Yeah, um, not like so the rest of it was all that great, but. <laughs> right, shittier, right. shittier life. Yeah, so so it, it's kind of good that. Uh, uh, we're debuting the podcast uh, probably this weekend. Uh, In a less shitty version. version. Uh, as, a, as a live podcast this, this weekend, So because we did have that big gap. Um, but uh, where can people find us? You can find us at darkdiscussions.com. Basically, rather than creating a whole new website and email and all that, we're just going to use the Dark Discussions uh, umbrella. So go to darkdiscussions.com. And that's where you can find Cinema a la Carte. Uh, it also will have its own RSS feed. So just search for Cinema a la Carte wherever you find podcasts. Or you can just go to Dark Discussions uh, at any place where you can find podcasts. And it will be included under that feed as well. Um, also, we have the email is darkdiscussions at AOL.com. So if you have opinions or films you are interested in us discussing, you can email there. And uh, we have a Facebook group called Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where there's a lot of good discussions about uh, movies. So right now there's discussions on uh, The Joker and Mind Hunter, the TV show, and uh, um, Chucky and It and various other things. Uh, there are also some not great discussions about movies on the group page. So uh, pick and choose. Uh, we ask that everybody be respectful to each other. Indeed, indeed. I, I actually haven't really been able to get on Facebook for the past three days, except to drop one post a day, maybe. So I've been able to, and it's a horrible, horrible place still. Yes, yes. Social media is a cesspool of hate. <laughs> indeed. All right, so um, I guess we can uh, discuss our film tonight, and we'll do some house cleaning at the end. But, uh, Eric, uh, what is this film that we're going to discuss tonight? Actually, I'm going to let Mike enjoy it, because it was his choice. Good point. Mike? Yeah, this is one of my favorite films of the last couple of years, and it's one of the best films with one of the worst titles, and that is the Edgar Wright uh, crime thriller Baby Driver. starting your day or did you just get off they call i go you know so what is it you do i'm a driver oh like your chauffeur anyone i'd know i hope not what is your name baby your name's baby b-a-b-y baby 
the one they say listen to the music all the time? Is he uh, mental? Mental meaning slow. Was he slow? No. He had an accident when he was a kid. Still has a hum in the drum. Plays music to drown it out. And that's what makes him the best. job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. Now, I don't think I need to give you the speech about what happens when you say no, how I can break your legs and kill everyone you love, because you already know that, don't you? Yeah. The moment you catch feelings is the moment you catch a bullet. And your uh, waitress girlfriend, she's cute. Let's keep it that way. I want us to head west and never stop. You in? I'm in, baby. That's right. Uh, Baby Driver is a film by director Edgar Wright from the UK. He also wrote the film. Uh, it's from 2017. It was a film that uh, was floated about as a possible Dark Discussions podcast episode when it first came out, but no one really got to really check it out except Mike and maybe you, Eric, and, and it just faded off in the distance, and then Mike decided to bring it up as a possible uh, topic for tonight, and so uh, it's our s- second episode of Cinema à la carte. Uh, yeah, it was things- one of those films that did okay at the box office, especially given its budget, but it wasn't ever like number one at the box office, and it just kind of lingered for a while, and so it wasn't like everybody saw it that weekend, so okay, let's talk about it now, you know, so that right. people wanted well, to talk, everybody was in the mood to talk about it if they were in the mood to talk about it at different times. Yeah, and it's an interesting film, too, because it has a pretty good cast, but no big stars. A lot of the cast originally came from television and um, and whatnot, and the, the big well, star I mean, Jamie was... Jamie Foxx and, and uh, Kevin Spacey. Well, I, I, that's what I was going to say. So Jamie Foxx almost was like a supporting role, and so when they were promoting it, he's not even on the... Like, posters or anything so it was i even forgot that he was in the film because i hadn't seen it since 2017 and then i rewatched and it's like oh there's jamie fox and then uh kevin spacey was at this point already becoming more of a supporting actor uh rather than the 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 big time academy award winner of the past uh for folks who are upset that we're doing this podcast episode because of this movie because of some me too stuff uh please contact um Kevin Spacey, not us, uh, because again, or one person. Contact me, and I'll say tough shit. Right, <laughs> <It's> because like, <laughs> I'm the one who chose it. Uh, this hit, and then I, I may have the, I might be wrong, but I think this hit, and then like right after 
Or yeah, maybe yeah. is when was when Kevin Spacey got taken out to the woodshed. Yeah, this is the last thing. This is the last big project he was involved with before that all went down. And and I'm sorry, but I like Edgar Wright uh, and John Barenthal and um, John, John Hamm. Hamm way more than I dislike and, Kevin Spacey. So I am not going to punish those people, right? Because but, of a putz. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Is that is that one person uh, that does something bad? There's hundreds of people that work on a film, and it shouldn't destroy an entire film and blacklist an entire film because of one individual that did something bad. And uh, again, uh, innocent until proven guilty, and also uh, life sucks. He's, he's, it's unfair. He, he's a hell of an actor, even if he, he unfortunately did some terrible things, which is still uh, I, I know. Uh, some was thrown out, but I have no idea what his legal things are anymore because he's a has-been because of it. Um, also, uh, the cast. Yes, let's talk about that cast. Ansel Elgort, uh, he's the, the lead. Um, hasn't really done much generally to my knowledge. Obviously, Kevin Spacey, two-time Academy Award winner. Lily James, who just prior to this film, it was the lead in Cinderella. Um, and so she's kind of a pretty big thing. Uh, Eliza... I mean, Isa Gonzalez was in it. John Hamm, who's the lead of uh, 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 Bad Men. Jamie Foxx, obviously, Academy Award winner. And then John Bernthal, who's done a number of uh, television genre projects. And uh, I actually even named him two years ago as the breakout star, uh, which hasn't happened. Uh, but um, a lot of these people could still break out, even if they haven't. I know John Hamm has a new film coming out with... Uh, Natalie Portman, yeah, that new science fiction Natalie Portman film that comes out in January, uh, he co-stars in that with her. So uh, his his, his uh, star is a little bit on the rise as well. Um, some other interesting notes. Uh, um, Steve Price was the, the uh, music, musical man behind the composition. Uh, he has an Academy Award for Gravity, which is interesting because he did mostly um, – uh, backup work for people uh, like Howard Shore and stuff. Um, and then Gravity blew up. Uh, then uh, Bill Pope is the cinematographer who uh, has done pretty much uh, most of uh, Edgar Wright's work as well as the Matrix trilogy. Um, and then uh, Paul Matchless and Jonathan Amos are the editors and they are pretty much have um, done work with um, Edgar Wright in his prior films where Jonathan Amos is actually an Academy Award uh, nominee for this film here. Um, Alright, so uh, that's pretty much all I got uh, for that. So I guess we can go around and talk about how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. Um, so Mike, since you chose the film, why don't you start? I remember hearing about it because I like Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright had done Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and was that the end of the world? Yes. The world's it. No, at the end, world's the world, end. The world's Yeah, right. Um, uh, and I really love those films. The only thing that he did that I was not a fan of oh, was uh, Scott Pilgrim. I, yeah, I couldn't stand that. Um, but I liked everything else he did, so I was looking forward to it. And when they announced, his next film's called Baby Driver. I was like, well, it's a, I don't know what the hell the movie's about. I pictured some really bad movie with The Rock or Vin Diesel and a small child. <laughs> uh, uh, thankfully, it didn't turn out to be that. 
you know, and then when it did come out, it ended up getting rave reviews and I went to see it at the local theater and I, I, I just loved it. It's one of those films, which happens a lot with me with Edgar Wright movies, uh, also with most of Tarantino's films and a few others, uh, where I just kind of fell in love with it from the first frame and, um, it just sustained itself throughout the entire, for me, the entire runtime. And, uh, so that was a film that I've, good example of a film that it was like, eh, kind of not, but maybe sort of dark discussion-y. And I, I know I would have liked to talk about it because I wanted to talk to somebody about it, but it really just didn't work out. And it wouldn't have been one of those movies where it's like kind of stretching the dark discussions paradigm there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we were close though. We were uh, close. It was, well, it's close because it, 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 it is, it is a crime drama or crime thriller. And it's a very cultish, you know, you know, Quentin Tarantino-ish. Oh, oh, well, yeah, and it is a Tarantino-ish film. Show. So, but I think, but right now that that's, uh, if you're if you're gonna now that we have this, um, I think if I had to pick one or the other, I would certainly pick doing it here. Uh, so certainly, so but sort of. Although we did just do for 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 an important episode, we did just do a Tarantino film. So, but it did have a serial killer in it. So, right. That makes maybe makes a little bit of a difference. It was also a little unusual because we were doing it live in person, um, so we had to go see something that was in the theaters, and that's what was in the theaters. Right, right. And it was a cultish film because it's Quentin Tarantino. And there was a cult in the film. Yes, that's true. Too. There was it was it was literally a cultish film. So back to this film. Then. Any further? Right. Items? So no, that that that's in terms of uh, anything else. Uh, you know, is getting into detail that I figure we'll get to when we get to it. All right. So how's good. that for a tautology? Yeah. Works, works for me. All right. So, so let's see. Uh, for me, uh, the first time I heard about this film was, um, Mike mentioned that he saw it and it was good. And that was in 2017. I had no idea it even came out or, or anything about it. I, I, I'm not, I, I like Edgar Wright, but I'm not like, uh, uber fan of Edgar Wright, so it's not like um, someone that I, I follow to see, you know, what what he's he's up to. And it just popped up one day when people like Mike were talking about how it was a good film. Um, and uh, at the time, I, I liked Kevin Spacey, so I I uh, decided to take a, a peek at the film. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a solid film. It's a, a really good film. It's definitely a type of film that. Um, uh, I would, I generally would like, uh, I'm into genre films and always have been closer to, um, Tarantino ish type stuff. And this, this kind of falls into that umbrella and, um, it's, it's a solid, uh, thriller with, um, really cool music and good acting and, exciting uh throughout uh so it's a big thumbs up for me uh eric um i don't remember how i first heard about this film uh but it intrigued me uh because of the people involved with the film a lot of talent there so i went and saw it and and this film is interesting to me um because <laughs> I really enjoy the film, but I don't find the story particularly compelling, um, which is unusual for me because I'm a story guy. Um, it's it's 
as far as when you just break down the plot points, it's a pretty standard heist film uh, slash uh, love story, I suppose. Uh, the unique thing about this movie is that it was all driven by the soundtrack. Uh, in fact, uh, I just Quite watched literally. a thing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just watched a commentary, or what not a commentary, a feature uh, with Edgar Wright talking about how he had the music in his head before he started writing the script. Um, and the integration of the soundtrack into this movie is unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, Tarantino has come up with some, some great soundtracks over the years. However, uh, this was, was integrated into the movie to the point where, uh, gunshots in the movie were, were timed to go along with the music. Uh, it's really, it's it's really kind of something else. Um, Plus, there's there's a, a chase scene set to the song uh, "Hocus Pocus," and I can't I can't believe nobody's ever done that before because uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, so I really like this movie. Uh, I think the skill in making this movie is supreme. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. I bought a copy for myself long before we decided to do an episode on it. That being said, I don't find the story comp- particularly compelling. Uh, and for people who aren't into the whole music thing and aren't uh, grooving on this movie, I can kind of understand that, but I groove on it. All right, very good. So uh, that's uh, our opinions on this 2017 film. Um, And I guess, uh, Eric, do we have a wiki for this? Wiki, wiki! All right. Uh, After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. All right. Very well. I guess that's that's decent. Um, that's what's on IMDb. Yeah. Um, now, uh, before we get into spoilers, uh, just you know, general stuff about the film and all that, because uh, what this podcast is going to do is going to not just review but critique. Uh, so we will talk about plot points and such as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, some folks were trying to compare it to uh, the 2010 film The Town uh, with Ben Affleck. Um, uh, but very different, I think. Yeah, but with the love story and and uh, all that I stuff. still think it's a false comparison. I do too, and I also think the town was a terrible film, and this was a great film. But that's just me. Um, uh, I think it showed Bostonians to be the scumbags that they are. Yeah, well, that's a, that's another reason why that film was terrible because the gun fight in the middle of the streets of Boston that you know, that doesn't that does not happen. That's just stupid. Um but I'll go with you, Mike. I'm a New Englander, not a Bostonian. Um but either way, um yeah, so this film is uh different, so I think the comparison is is not correct. Um let's see, any other items that anybody wanted to talk about generally um before we get into spoilers. I do like how um they cast television actors um a lot like a lot of films that uh that were doing that back in the 90s um this kind of was a flashback to doing that and um i thought that was pretty cool um did you guys see flea you had a small role in it too flea Uh, i didn't realize it was flea until i watched that little feature i was just talking about when they said like for interviewing him i was like oh that's flea yep as Eddie No Nose, formerly Eddie the Nose. I would be more likely to recognize one of his baselines than to recognize what he looks like. Indeed. Indeed. Same same here. I also like the fact that they have uh music icon Paul Williams and uh also you know, known for playing Virgil the Ape in Battle for the Planet of the Apes. 
um, Virgil the orangutan, who plays the uh, plays the butcher. Yeah, the, uh, the butcher was the the cop, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sort of. Yes, kind of, sort of. Yeah. 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 He. he was, oh, uh, you know what? Okay. He was I huge just back in the seventies. He played yep. uh, Doctor Bay on Lost. Um. So I think that was the guy in the uh, in in the uh, orientation video. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, but yeah, Paul Williams, that, that was a good cameo too. Um, so, uh, well, especially I, given how much this movie is predicated on music. Mm-hmm. Indeed. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, and that being said, that's really, I, I think the, the driving force behind this movie. Um, and man, like, even if you don't go out and watch this movie, uh, by the soundtrack, man, it's a hell of a collection of songs. And and again, now there are some things like uh, Brighton Rock um, that are familiar tunes, um, but we mentioned this with the uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's some tracks here that I, I mean I didn't necessarily spot. Egyptian reggae, uh, like Egyptian reggae or bell bottoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's also some deep cuts in some cases, just very small bits like using threshold from Steve Miller band, which is usually seen as the, uh, introduction for space cowboy. Um, right. Right. Oh, and jump. You know, they, they kept on using the, the opening for the song jump, but it never went into the song. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, just great music. Uh, I wouldn't drive to it after watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> But it is a yeah, it's yeah, great, great uh, soundtrack. It's a two disc soundtrack. If you get the CD, um, yeah, you know, just some really good tunes. And I like, I mean, I'm realizing that so much of this is is just like you said. It was obvious to me. It was edited. It was the music had to be selected beforehand, right? You can't mm-hmm. do that whole sequence with the Harlem Shuffle, <laughs> right? Or or the intro to Bell Bottoms, you know, which uh, Baby is is pantomiming to and. Uh, lip syncing to mm-hmm. um, obviously Brighton Rock is is mentioned by name in the film, so this isn't something that most of these you couldn't just drop in after the fact, and it's clearly edited to the music, uh, and it right. has it you know, in mind from the beginning, and that and that really helps it a lot, but it's edited in a way that doesn't make it feel like a music video, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why it was. Uh... And, uh, the editor was nominated for the Academy Award for this film. Oh yeah, and 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 really, while I'll still put, and I am by no means an expert in film car chases, mm. uh, but I, I would still put Death Proof as my favorite car chase that I've seen uh, in a film. The, these are some fantastic car sequences. And for anybody who's into that kind of thing, um, they did not use any CGI for the car chases. That was all stunt driving. Uh, and it's some pretty cool stunt driving. What did you guys think of uh, this one compared to Drive? I honestly don't remember a lot of the driving from Drive. Gotcha. Yeah. Whereas, I, I whereas these, I, I, I remember vividly. So I think this is better driving, just because it's stuck in my head. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll go with that. What did you think? Um. I, I, well, I, I like Drive as a better film, but um, you're probably right. This one was more um, 
Well, because it, because even though they both called Drive or, or with the word Drive in it, this one really was more of a driving film. While Drive was more more was it was it wasn't wasn't as many drives. There was the beginning drive, and there was one in the middle. And I don't remember as many. So, but here, I, yeah, I think I think Drive was a play on the multiple meanings of the word Drive. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, any comparison is, is different. Obviously, the Steve McQueen uh, in Bullet is pretty solid. Uh, the French Connection one was pretty solid. Um, I know Clint Eastwood has a few of them in his Dirty Harry films that are pretty solid. Um, uh, so, so and I have never I, and I did not see any of the Fast and Furious films until the one that came out this summer. So I have no idea how good or bad those are. Oh, the vanishing, uh, which me and Eric saw um, last year uh, from 1971 or something. That that one has some pretty good driving. Um, so so there's, there's a lot of them, but uh, this one definitely is part of the the umbrella of uh, exciting driving films for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the the film opens up with a with a chase scene, which is. <laughs> one of the coolest things I've ever seen, uh, because not only is it awesome driving, um, but there is a a great deal of cleverness in all the stuff that he does while he's uh, trying to get away from the collapse, which I appreciate. Some of it was was lucky, like like the the, the two red cars. Uh, True, but but he was still on his toes enough to take advantage of it. Exactly, exactly. Um. Anything else anybody want to bring up before we throw up the spoiler? All right, I guess we can throw up the spoiler and discuss everything and anything. Um, so uh, the lead who's um, goes. By, yeah, oh, so hold on, if I can, uh, Eric. Am I right? Am I thinking this is something Chrissy would like? Was it? Were what are the drives? Were the chases a three beat? Were there basically three main chases in this film? <laughs> it's very poesque. Uh, <laughs> You know, there was character and conflict and change in this movie, too. Sure. Uh, was that, too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you seriously asking me that? I'm um, serious, right? Were there were, were there, were there not three, right? Because if you notice... One, and then there's the two, and then there's... The one where it all goes to fuck, it goes to shit, mm, right? So, well, I, I would say four, actually. All right. I mean, because because there are other ones involved in the heist, and then there's the one at the end that's kind of heist adjacent, right? All right. Well, I said yeah. Well, there's three heists, right? Yeah, three the heists. heists the three, yeah. three heists, and each one gets progressively worse. <laughs> worse in that it goes worse for the people involved. Does it go according to what right. was planned? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the third one is a complete shit storm anyway because one character or the lead uh, doesn't even want to be involved in it while the other two at least he was a willing participant because he had a debt to pay mm-hmm. um and then of course they they throw out the dolly Parton uh line where she says um uh to get you have to to get a rainbow you have to go go through the rain or something like that it's and dolly Parton, yeah yeah and and sure enough we get a couple of drops of rain right at the beginning of the third heist. And so that was a, obviously and, a, a direct reference. And you get a rainbow at the end. And you do. Was there? Yeah. As he comes I out totally of did not notice that. 
comes out of prison, he's got a rainbow. Yeah. Oh, in his in his fantasy. Well, if that's a fantasy, it well, is. Yeah. Fantasy. We'll, we'll have to discuss and, and talk about we'll, that. We'll find out when no, we get I'm to the right. sequel. Well, the, the first film, the first time I watched it, I thought it was real. <laughs> but the second time I watched it, which was last night, I'm thinking, yeah, Eric may be right. I, it was, I, I couldn't tell one way. I, I think it worked one way or another. Uh, but yeah, my first thought was was fantasy because it was a little too perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, all right, so I guess um, we can discuss who Baby is. Baby is. Um, what is he in his, his mid twenties? You say, and he lives with his foster father, who is deaf and elderly. So he's really taking care of his foster father. Um, he has uh, tinnitus, which is um, the ringing in the ear, which a lot of people have. I, I have a minor of that, and I'm sure others do. Uh, but for him, it's obviously either more extreme, or um, he has various OCD issues that play into it. Um, any, any thoughts on any of that or to add to that? Anybody want to add to that? All right. Well, I think it, uh, I, I, like in terms of who he is. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that's the reason why he, he's got the music going all the time. Right. Right. But I mean, so are, are we adding to the tinnitus or adding to who the character is? All of it, anything, Joe. Like, okay, yeah. That? I mean, he's the he is the proverbial, uh, uh, the, the 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 crook with the heart of gold, right? He's the, the and, you know, as Eric said, this is not an original story. This is the yeah, you know, just when I thought I was out, they dragged me back in story, right? Uh, <laughs> right. Um, you right. know, and except you know, baby is, I mean, as the name implies, you know, yeah, baby yeah, yeah, is a. Oh, go ahead. As a is a relative innocent in this relative compared well, to the people he's working with. Right, right. Uh, I, I want to p- compare it to like Donnie Brasco, where obviously he's a he's a policeman in that film, and yet he sees horrible things and he has to um, butcher dead bodies, um, and yet he's relatively clean because he doesn't do any killings himself, and and it's kind of similar to that where you have this guy that's in robberies who doesn't want to pull the trigger, but he's with people who will pull the trigger and have killed people. I mean, he's seen dead bodies in in other words. Well, I think when you look at the way he reacts, um, a couple of times, because it's when you get to the second robbery with Jamie Foxx, uh, Joey bats, um, that's the, he has a very visceral reaction to seeing the shots or I don't know if he was shot or, or clubbed or clubbed uh, security guard. Uh, he has a reaction later to seeing the body in the trunk after yep. JD is executed. Um, I don't know that anything has ever gone wrong to that extent before. Uh, I get the sense that doc likes running a clean ship without compl- complications. And, and they're definitely going to be more after you. Uh, the police are going to be more after you. If, um, if you've dropped bodies in your crime, Right. Then if you would just rob the bank, they're already going to be after you, but it's a bigger deal. Right. The charges are much worse. So I I get the sense that um, I I just get the sense that this isn't something that he's had to do before. Dispose of bodies or or witness people being injured. Um, There's a bit of a fantasy element to the whole thing, because, quite frankly, 
the number of car crashes he causes. Like you said, there's a lot of luck involved in his car chases. A lot of things working out conveniently in terms of timing, you know, that go way beyond what a skilled driver can do. Right. I don't care how skilled a driver you are. Uh, you can't just blindly, you know, just, just race through an intersection and, and pass through the cars going, going the, uh, perpendicular to your pathway. Right. If a car is there, a car is there, you know, when you just right. can't go straight through it and miss everybody. Um, so it is a bit of a fantasy world, but we're, we are expected basically to believe that he's able to do that. Right. That he's able to, uh, that he's able to get through, um, and do all these things without any serious injuries. Right. And so I, so I think all of that, you know, he didn't, so I don't think he's seen all that's like the Donnie Brasco stuff. Right. Um, I think it's also very telling um, symbolism, right? Right before that, after his, the first car chase he's given by doc, Kevin Spacey, he gives him a pair of driving gloves with red hands, right? They're white gloves, but with red palms. Right. So which I think symbolizes the blood on his hands, which he then tries to throw away after he gets um, uh, after he gets body. cleared. Oh, right. right. He's clear. It's to symbolize he's done. And if yeah. you notice, uh, and I noticed this on uh, the latest viewing, like red really does pop up a lot. You don't see red with baby babies in like the dark blue and white. Um, you don't see it with uh, with uh, Deborah. Yeah, but you see it with Joey Bats, right? Joey Bats, who's the sort of the red herring in a little, in a bit of a way, um, as the danger, right? Uh, they use, they do seem to use red as a warning color in this film, and mm-hmm. a symbol of the the criminology, uh, not the criminology, the crimes. Mm-hmm. Criminology is the study of the crimes, um, and you know, and I think that's part of that. He's trying to get rid of the life of crime, and he gets dragged back in. You know, think of well, the red cars. That he drives. Yeah, that's true. I, I I felt it was interesting that Doc. I'm surprised Doc hasn't been caught sooner because if he has people like Griff or um, Baps as like kooks and they're involved, and then after Baps does what he does and he still goes through, it, it makes me curious to see how he could even exist as, as a mobster because he seems like he's incompetent doc. Well, I, here's the thing though, is that he, he states in the movie that he never does a job with the same team twice and, and bats is a new addition. Um, so he doesn't realize just how off the rails bats is until it's too late. But then he uses them twice in short order, right? Right. Right. And, but, it, but it doesn't seriously go off the rails until the second job. Uh, the first one was bad, but it was kind of got covered up enough that he didn't realize it was pretty much on Bats' shoulders, right? And and you could probably chalk a lot of that up, and they probably did chalk it up to JD, right? Who ended right, up because wasn't it JD bad, who bought so. he bought he bought the masks? He left his shotgun behind, <laughs> right? Right. Right. Um, so true. so even though the whole mess started with with Bats going off the rails and the. Uh, Causing a fatality that wasn't part of the plan. Um, well, maybe we don't. Do we we don't see who did it, do we? I I I interpret it as no doubt it was bats. It probably was. Um, yeah. But yeah. also the biggest and the real problem with that though was the Good Samaritan. Okay. Uh-huh. Right? 
They got they you know because it is Georgia, so there's just a guy in a pickup with an automatic <laughs> weapon in it. True, right? True, true. Uh, not that easy to find, folks. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to think what I was going to say. So yeah, but I think he's a guy that that probably picks the best, right? You know, he picks people who are very very good, mm-hmm. and somebody like that, if you get pinched. Um, there's a good chance you're not saying who did it, mm-hmm. right? That this would be some, one of those things where, hey, I'll take care of you, or I'll take care of you, you know, depending <laughs> on what you say. Right, right. And, and we um, know Doc is willing to off people because of JD, his horrible threats to Baby, when to get Baby back in. So you're right. I mean, if you go to jail and you speak up, uh, you're probably going to be killed in jail or something. Right, and they use code names. Doc, Baby, uh, Griff, Buddy, Griff, Buddy, uh, JD, Eddie the Nose, yep. for, uh, Eddie No-Nose, and, uh, and Joey Bats, you know, and, and you know, none, they make it clear, none of them have their real name. Even when you think about it, even um, Deborah doesn't have her real name when we first meet her. Right, Jonathan. Right, because she's Jonathan. So even she has an alias. The only one that has an honest name, to my knowledge, throughout the entire film is Joe. Uh, who, Joe is 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 her his father, right? His, his foster father. Well, yeah, Joe is yeah Joe is, is his father. And what about foster uh, is it father, Sam? Foster father. His foster father. Is Sam is the son, but he's a very minor character. Uh, right, right. That's that's uh, no, no. That's the nephew of Doc. Is Sam? Right. Uh, okay, look, that people. All right, but he's <laughs> who is who is very small in the film, but he's a he's he's a he's fun. Yes, uh, I enjoyed the character. Indeed. Um, um, but but yeah, so anyone who's who's got a criminal element to them for the most part has an alias and operates through an alias throughout almost the entire film. Right. Right. Um, and even there's a scene where Doc takes the piss out of. Joey Bats by calling him Leon and <laughs> right. just ends the conversation there. And it's a reminder. I know your name. I have the power here. Um, right. So, yeah, so I, I yeah, well, so that that's another big thing in the film. Well, and, and part of this, uh, part of the thing that make this movie effective is that um, as we've been referencing, the story isn't that original, but they, they ratchet up the tension because you can just tell that bats is a ticking time bomb. Um, and some, something's going to happen and he's just going to blow everything up. Um, and yeah, that's, a, that's eventually what's happened, but it's like, it's the how and the when that you're sitting around going, Oh God, is it going to be now? No, well, it wasn't then. Is it going to be now? No, not yet. Uh, and, and just Jamie Fox, uh, Jamie Fox's character is, is the monkey wrench and everything. And honestly, I think if he had not been brought on board, uh, everything probably worked out a whole lot better for everybody. I would agree. Yeah, because um, everybody else that's a criminal is most certainly capable of murder, but they're generally level-headed until they're, um, you know, a, a rat in a cage. Mm-hmm. And um, except for the one wild card and, and that happens to be Griff in the first one and and then Babs 
in the second, and then in between the third one and the second, Babs murders a bunch of police officers without permission, and and yet Doc still goes goes forward. And you would have thought well, that Doc would have took him out right there, like he did JD earlier. Well, and the, the interesting thing is that uh, um, even then, see, that's the only place that I'm not sure, right? Because he says they were cops, the undercover of mm-hmm. uh, arms dealers, and and Doc says, "Yeah, I know they're my cops." Um, so that's the first time that we get says, "Oh, they really might have fucked up in the whole tequila scene." <laughs> and but we but we don't actually know for sure, right? You know, um, so there is always that option that maybe they did well did escape. I, but given 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 how they portrayed bats up till that point, um, yeah, I think that you're probably right. It probably would have gone much better. Um, yeah. Although actually, you know, uh, in, well, in hindsight, um. Baby did get tagged at the scene of the crime in the last in the last heist, right? He sends he he makes I I think Doc makes the mistake of sending Baby in to scout the the post office. Yep. Mm-hmm. Baby engages in that conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and isn't that where the Dolly Parton conversation comes up? Right. You know, and and that is, I would think rule number one, which is don't do anything to draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And he very definitely does something to introduce himself to the clerk in a way. He doesn't just say, give me five stamps and leaves. You know, he, he in, engages in conversation, very distinct, not how's the weather conversation that he would be remembered. And then she sees him parked outside the next day. That would have happened with or without Joey Bats. True. But here's the thing, though. He was trying to warn her off and he he might not have tried to warn her off had somebody other than bats been involved because he wouldn't have been worried about them murdering somebody just for fun the way he was with bats. Right. Because this was after bats was about to kill Deborah at the diner the night before, or a couple nights before and bats had just wiped out a bunch of cops. So, uh, you know, the arms dealers. So I think you're absolutely right, Eric, because bats was an obviously a loose wire to the point where, um, if he was in the mob, he would have been taken out and dumped long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I still think you know. Let, let's say she sees him, she waves, she goes on into the into the post office, you know, and they come out, and there is no gunfire. She doesn't go and get the the security guard or the cop. They got robbed. You know, they got robbed in broad daylight. They got mm-hmm. robbed. It was an armed robbery. It wasn't like this stealth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They knew they got robbed. They're going to ask everybody, did you see anything suspicious the last, you know, couple of days? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a good chance she still would have been able to put two and two together. So it still might have gone badly for baby one way or another, just not as badly as it did. Maybe. All right. I, th- I think it's a stretch. I think bats is, is the source of all evil. Yeah, yeah kind of. Well, but I also like <laughs> yeah. the fact I'll, that I'll they... I'm with you, Eric. He's, he's, he's well, but I also, though, like the fact that they they do it twist not a Shyamalan twist but a sort of a, an unexpected turn with um a bit, uh, shit, buddy. with John Ham's character uh buddy. buddy right because he's been friendly to baby the entire time mm-hmm. he was friendly to him uh when he's getting into well when griff is giving him guff 
in right. the, after the first one and smacking the eyeglasses off. And, you know, he's kind of sticking up for him. Uh, he, he's, and you know, before this, you know, he's talking to him about his music. You know, all these things. He seems like a calm and reasonable and level-headed dude. Not necessarily, well, you know, friendly, but not well, psycho. He, he, I think and he then, is. He, and then he I becomes think, the psychopath. Well, I think I think th- that's kind of a misnomer or a misstatement because you're right. He does become the the, the bad guy at the end, but it's the rat in the cage thing again, where everything's no foot because it's his, 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 his thing. It's a revenge thing. Well, well, right, right, exactly. Because the moment baby crashes the car into the truck and kills uh, bats, bats who had it coming. Right. Um, then they have no getaway car. And so, right. he's, so now you get buddy and his girlfriend, um, what takes her name again? Darling. Darling. Dar- yeah, darling. Um, uh, now don't have a getaway car. And so obviously they're, they're in panic mode. And then, and again, that's all Bats's fault. Uh, but yeah. if I, but if I pause this movie an hour in or an hour and 15 minutes in and said, who's the big bad, who right. was going to be the final conflict? Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. I think all I of us would have Doc, said, actually, or maybe Doc or Joey Bats. Right. Right. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have guessed Buddy. Right. right. And Buddy becomes. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the last that it wasn't, the film. I'm not saying it wasn't a twist. I'm saying there were reasons for it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and Mike. Yeah, oh, he has his reasons. What, he doesn't. What? He's not doing this because he just has been planning it all along, or because he's a fucking nutcase right. like Joey Bats is, who you know doesn't want to pay for the chewing gum at the convenience store. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he's and he, and, he, has, and he, he murdered that clerk, right? Which or, did, or did I make that up in my head? In the convenience but, store? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think he did. Okay. Okay. That would be my guess. Right. Uh, it, it makes me wonder how he's, you know, getting employed by Doc. So I think, I think, yeah, that's right. that's Doc's big mistake, and not just using him once, but using him twice. Right. 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 Yeah, and and he almost almost uh, was going to do the shootout in the in the diner. Because he got insulted by Deborah, and yeah, he didn't I mean, want to pay. <laughs> he was going to pay. Well, no, right? well, no but and, he, and then she, she made the wise ass remark to him. Says, "Well, if, if you know that he doesn't like the the service or the food here, he should write a uh, a complaint with our complaint slip." And that's when he. Oh, is that a smart ass comment? Yeah, that's it not is, a, that's, it, well, it isn't. But to, to someone like Baps, it's like. Well, the fuck I'm asking you a question, which is no. Uh, I think I, I think you're interpreting his motivation incorrectly. He's just batshit crazy. That's why they right, call him that. Right, and remember, this is a guy who was going to, uh, what do you call? It? He was he was he, he murdered the convenience the the clerk at the convenience store because he didn't. He said, "What? I'm what? I'm going to pay for this for the for a fucking gum and a bag of chips or whatever it was." He got uh, right, there. right. So he didn't want. So he didn't want to pay for what he was buying. And remember, he said, "It's on me." the right. the food at the diner get what you want it's on me and meaning he's gotcha. going to take care of it so i think he was just going to kill her anyway right gotcha. um, which is again part of the reason he didn't want him going to uh what was it uh bo's diner i don't remember the name right of it. right oh but, god i wonder if that's diner. a bad pun 
whatever the diner is. But yeah, yeah, I mean, well, plus, yeah, I mean, his girlfriend's in the diner working there, so obviously he doesn't want to bring this guy that just mass murdered 10 cops into what? the diner and is obviously a loose screw. And, and what? never mind, what's that, Mike? Was, was Bo's diner a bad pun, music pun? I have no uh, idea what you're referring to. I, I wouldn't get it. Bose, like Bose, Bose that speakers. Repeating Bose. it won't help. Oh, Bose, Bose headphones, uh, Bose speakers. For, yeah, oh, Bose. Okay. Bose, right. I'm wondering if it, or that was just a coincidence. I'm sorry. I'm, maybe I'm reading too much into that one. I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. Don't know. <laughs> uh, if it were spelled the same, then I'd go with yeah. But <laughs> oh, but that would be a little. That would be but, way but, too on the nose. But but it's it's. It's a good point, though, Eric, there, where if it's spelled differently, just like Deborah's name is spelled differently than the song. Mm, I think you guys are stretching. There you go. There you go. Deborah, like a zebra. That's right. And, uh, and which, and, and by the way, I, I, I hadn't noticed until I watched it again last night. Her, she, she's Deborah, like a zebra. So, first of all, zebras are prey, right? She doesn't belong mm -hmm. with them. She doesn't belong in the world. She's, zebras are prey animals, not predators. And, they're a group of predators, but she also her waitress outfit is black and white. Yes. So I just thought with like a zebra. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I, I hadn't caught that before, so I liked that. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's that's uh, makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, when you said this is kind of a fantasy world uh, film, I mean the, the the whole part with Deborah and him. At the diner was very fantasy because uh, oh absolutely that's that's yeah. not how real life works yeah yeah <laughs> yeah people don't talk that way in real life without it actually yeah you know with it actually working out like that and someone like Deborah or that looks like Deborah obviously um, yeah I mean not that he's a bad looking guy but I mean she acted as if she was as shy as he was when it came to meeting people and and it was hard to well, believe especially the thing is all all the dialogue in this movie is very stylized, uh, and and you know, uh, it reminded me of Tarantino a bit, um, just because they don't really talk or act the way real people do in real life. It's it's all done to be cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know why? They're all Vince Vaughn because it's cool. Because they're, <laughs> because they're all cool. Um, but I mean, if you, you want evidence of being a fantasy, what about just the coffee sequence? Uh huh. Uh, uh, where he goes to yeah. pick up the coffee. Yeah. And I mean, they got his order coffee. right. That's bullshit. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and and you can and you can and and the and they spelled baby correctly, uh -huh. and it was and it was legible on the cups. But no, but when he's walking down the street to Harlem Shuffle, you know, right. and you see like the lyrics uh, on yep. street signs or in uh -huh. window signs and all this stuff. You know, that's yeah, the, the horn and all that. Other and the, stuff. you know, him blowing the horn, all these things. This is clearly, it's, it's almost, but not quite a musical number mm -hmm. in, in the film. And, and that's also, was just such a, uh, like you talk about a film being able to kind of capture joy, you know, there was just such a fantastic and joyful sequence in that segment of the film. Also, if you notice the only thing that really takes him away from that segment is when he sees Deborah walking by outside the the coffee house. Because I yep. don't know if you guys noticed, yeah. Because you see her for like four seconds, and he, her attention, or I should say, his attention to her, 
happens. And then, and then uh, we learn later that it's actually her, that, that, and she becomes a major player in the film. Right, I wasn't sure if it was her, but then when I watched, like, as you watch the credits, I thought, is that her, or is he just checking out a cute girl? Mm-hmm. Right. And then, but when you check the end credits, they have the cast in order of appearance. Right. And, and she, she pops up, like, between two of the characters in the street sequence and before, and before Kevin Spacey. So she right. obviously appears before the diner sequence. So for me, that's what confirmed it. Well, and, um, and he, he was doing that. He was just checking out a hot chick. It just happens that later on he meets her. Right. Or mm-hmm. we don't know if that's a hot chick he's been stalking or whatever. But yes. <laughs> right. Or maybe he notif- noticed her from the diner before. Or was that the first day of oh, she started goodness. working at the diner? I think that was the first day. So, yeah, it was just coincidental. I mean, there's more fantasy right there, Art, that there's too many coincidences that he would see her, and then it just happens to be her that working right. at the diner, and it happened to be her first day at the oh, diner. And, that, and that's all fine. It's a, it's a work yeah, of oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it's intentionally that way, and, mm-hmm. and that's what it fits. It, it's part of uh, the In the fact, world. I, don't, I don't think trying to do this uh, particular project realistically would have would have struck home at oh, all. Oh, no. I don't think anyone's criticizing its lack of realism. Um, no, no. No, no, not like alleg- not, not, I mean, if, these aren't the alligators in crawl, Eric. <laughs> um, no, I think um, I, I, Mike, Mike, you just offended some people on Facebook. Yeah, I, and I like the or at um, least one. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but I like we're just fun and Jen. Uh, I like the. Uh, I also like how they call back to this whole sequence later after things go wrong with heist number two, where it seemed to me that the Harlem Shuffle was being played a little off speed. Mm-hmm. And he's walking down the street, and he he's bumping into people, you know, where before he was just like smoothly gliding through the streets. I didn't right. notice that, but but I, you're probably right. Uh, he's definitely not he was pretty correctly. meticulous about lining the music up with the what was happening in the movie. Right, and, right. And, and I did here, notice one point where I thought he was going to spill all the coffees on the street during the second time. Mm-hmm. I just this popped into my head for whatever reason. One of my favorite jokes in this entire movie was during the first heist uh, when uh, Doc told him to get uh, Michael Myers masks. <laughs> and the dude pulls out from, from like, Austin Halloween. Powers masks. He's like, what the hell is said, this? He's like, it's, it's Mike, Mike Myers. Myers. <laughs> right, and then he goes, yeah, but no, from Halloween. He goes, these are Halloween masks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so awesome. dumb, but it made me oh, laugh. Oh, the one so that stabs people. Oh, you mean Jason? <laughs> uh, and, and it's that conversation that would have got this snuck in under the dark discussions label. Uh, but but you know, to be honest, I can't blame the guy because I mean, if you don't watch those films, you wouldn't have no idea who Michael Myers or Jason was. I, right? I don't know, man. A lot of people know who they are. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Uh, maybe, but just like I just, no, they do. Just like people know Frankenstein and Wolfman, they know from they I, know Jason and they know Michael. I, I work with the guy who does not watch horror movies, and he still knows who those guys are. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm trying to give JD a, a bone. I'm throwing him a bone. No, <laughs> no, nah, he, he got what he deserved. No, he was a fuck <laughs> idiot. Uh, uh, uh. Well, this, is, I mean, this is a guy that had that whose who's most clever line in the film is everybody like likes hats or who doesn't like hats because uh, <laughs> right, right. he got hate tattooed on his neck he got hate tattooed on his neck and couldn't get a job with hate on his tattooed on his neck so he covered it up covered up the E with a hat 
tattoo to make it look so now it read hat on his neck because of course because everybody loves hats and, and or who doesn't like hats whichever one he said and and you know of course he doesn't wear a hat he can't even lean into that yeah that's true that's true well i'm just i mean technically he was right michael myers mask and they were for halloween so he's right <laughs> oh, I understand, but he wasn't jason <laughs> yeah right so right Right. Uh, no, and it's and it's kind of irrelevant. The only, th- I mean, it doesn't matter really what masks there were. At least I don't think there was a particular reason why he chose those masks. Right. Um, I, I mean, Doc chose the Michael Myers mask, mm-hmm. um, right. but it's there as a as a as an ominous foreshadowing, right? That something's about to go wrong. That things things went perfectly went smoothly the first time. Yep. This time, and, not so much. And, and, and then another one is because they have that conversation, baby has to stop his music, rewind, and right. start again. Uh-huh. Yep. So all these little things are going wrong. And then you get the body, dead or not, dead or just concussed. Um, oh, and then the uh, no, they, they were dead. It was there was blood coming out of their head. I, I've had blood coming out of my head. I'm still alive. Not, last probably time I, not that much blood. <laughs> head bleeds a well, uh, all right, let, let's put it this way: we we don't know because Mike is technically right because we we don't have the oh they're they're the, they were doing time in the hospital one way or another right right Whether but they're upstairs I, downstairs question but Eric, Eric could even talk. everything else that happens in the movie I'm pretty sure they were dead in it's, hindsight yeah probably I, I, I would I would probably agree with Eric but I do understand Mike's point which is we don't know they were dead and fundamentally it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Things right. are going wrong. Right. No, but that was another one of those moments like uh like <laughs> again, completely unrealistic but ultimately entertaining. Uh like the clever things that uh, baby would do during their getaways like in this instance when they're trying to get out of that situation uh with both the redneck and the guard trying to stop them, he spins the car to hit the cart to hit the guard so take him out of the action without harming him permanently. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing that baby would do. Uh, I bought know, it. Spin, well, let me ask spin, you spinning the car to knock the, the spike strip out of the way. Uh, all that kind of stuff. I really got into that. I thought it was super cool. Question. And this is, this is an honest question. Can a black guy be considered a redneck? Because that he was a black guy, the redneck. The guy that was driving the pickup truck, he was a black guy. I, you know, I never thought about it. Well, let me take a look. Well, we have to ask uh, uh, Joe Bob Briggs. He would say no, probably. Black right? <laughs> Because they're not Scots-Irish. Uh, Only uh, you well, would Thomas, ask that first thing, that first thing comes up is a Thomas Sowell book, uh, Black well, Rednecks I'll, and White Nipples. Uh, an African-American guy who acts like a true med- redneck found mostly in middle Gah. I will, uh, I will say this. Middle Georgia. I'll, I'll say this, Eric. He's a country folk. Whatever. With a pickup truck and, and, and a ache. Let's move on. <laughs> according to Urban Dictionary, according to Urban Dictionary, it, you, you find them in Middle Georgia. Okay. Oh, oh, you, oh you certainly, certainly do. Yeah, that's all, the whole South is, is all rednecks. For the, for the, oh, no, but what, it's specifically what? in the Urban Dictionary definition, found mostly in Middle Georgia. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> which is right, and this film is set in Atlanta, isn't it? It, it is. Sure yeah. is. Yeah, which yeah. is. It was just so, so, so 
kudos for all the lack of realism. He knew where to put his black redneck. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> he said, no, no, we're in the middle of Georgia. If he's going to be a redneck, he should be black. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there, there was a lot of style stuff, like like you said, Eric, um, knocking away the the um, spikes in the road and and able to do a spin so he doesn't shoot the 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 redneck. And, now, and, and again, they did all this. All all this was done with stunt work. Um, yep. So it, it can physically be done if you choreograph the whole thing. Uh, but un- unlikely to happen on the spur of the moment. Right. This is a choreograph similar to uh, a bar fight where everybody right, walks right, out right. with, with no it's broken bones. Yeah, yeah. So Right, but like this that. is this is um it's like build it's like um, watching a ballet or a dance. It's it's choreographed and it's just a beautiful thing to watch. You know, like it's a, awesome, like a, not beautiful. Right. It's like um, it's it's like um, something you know, can like be watching, beautiful and awesome at the same time, Phil. Exactly. It's it's like watching a fight scene in a in a in a uh, Hong Kong action flick, right? You know, it's it's fake. It's well, all choreographed. Skill to accomplish, but it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful to watch. I thought those were real. Well, think of like the hall room scene in um, oh crap, in a, oh, oh oh boy. An old boy, right? Uh, yeah, with the—I ha- mean—that's just a fantastically choreographed, beautiful scene to watch the way it's executed. Uh, or uh, in uh, Eric's favorite movie, uh, Punch Kick, kicking and punching. Um, <laughs> you uh, forgot the title. <laughs> no, I know it's the raid and the raid two. Okay. Um, right. There's but, a lot of punching and kicking. And punching and kicking. Yeah, there's a lot of punching and kicking in this movie. Um, but no, though, there, there, there's it's just 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 cool to watch it and yeah these are it's it's just beautiful to watch these these chase sequences play out yeah um even when they're going wrong there's just cool in the way that baby has to figure his way out of them totally mm-hmm. implausible but great anyway right right and uh, and in all cases he has one person that is an irritant whether it's griff or whether it's uh babs in the, in the second one so is this just you getting you know after like years of doing the Game of Thrones podcast and never being able to say Griff, that you're just getting in all the Griffs you can now? The <laughs> I'm telling you, the Griff should, should have been there. Uh, um, well, no, because I, what it was is I thought the reason I keep on bringing up Griff isn't Game of Thrones. It's because Griff was the guy that I thought was going to be the bad guy in the film. Yes, and, then, and, then, and then they pull the rug from under us and it's is replaced the, the the griff is replaced by the babs because they're basically the, seem like the same person mm. because it makes no sense like like the griff he pissed me off because there's no reason for any of them to harass baby because baby did a hell of a good job so why are they harassing him unless they're just psychopaths so i yeah i mean they pissed me off just for the fact they treated him with shit because if had they treated him well, I don't think I would have disliked them as much, even if they were evil characters because, you know, well, evil they, characters. well, they, they are dicks. I mean, these are yeah. people who commit violent crime for a living. Um, right. there are and, nice criminals. And, yeah. Like some you know. criminals make their living being nice con artists. 
there's good criminals and bad cops. Quote Mike Herman. Exactly. Because <laughs> um, sometimes if you want a rainbow, you got to have a little rain. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but he's, he, he just doesn't like there's something off about Baby. And let's be honest, Baby doesn't belong there. He's the odd man out. Um, doesn't trust somebody who's not going to talk, someone who can't see his eyes. And I love the whole sequence with the with the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was just it was, I remember the the, the 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 audience was you know dying you know the third time he puts on a pair of glasses <laughs> right you know right oh, you know, it's you chuckle a little bit at the second pair and then he knocks that off his face and he pulls out the third pair mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's just, yeah. just one of those little moments that just works somehow. Well, it's part of his OCD, similar to the having multiple iPods for different playlists instead of just having all his playlists on one actually, iPod. Actually, in the little thing I was watching, uh, that was that was put in the movie purposely by Edgar Wright because he figures if you you make a living boosting cars, what do people leave in their cars? Their sunglasses and their iPods. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's why I ended up with all those sunglasses and iPods. That's true. Well, and in Georgia, he should have had a lot of uh, um, pistols, too. <laughs> Fair enough. But he didn't. He, he gave him to Joey Bats. Because <laughs> he needed more. Because in, in Georgia, don't they all have, have little pistols in their glove compartments? Probably not so little ones. Yeah, probably not. They probably have the magnums. Indeed. Um, so... Um, yeah, so so let's talk about Doc a little. What do you, what do you think of his character? I, I, he's a weird character because he doesn't seem threatening, and even when he is threatening, he doesn't seem threatening, and he doesn't have many people around him. What you would always think he well, would have is is it's really unusual because they, they they say he's well the the wiki says he's a crime boss. I don't even think they go so far as to state that in the movie. Just kind of get the impression that he is. But you don't understand why or how uh, he came to gain his position, right. or really what he does. Right. It, it's really kind of weird. I mean, I mean, clearly he's he's in a position to plan all these heists. Right. Um, but I, I guess he's a dealer because because he's talking about maybe boosting his car with product in it. Um, I'm guessing that the product was drugs. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's it's a little weird. It's also interesting that he's not very menacing. You're absolutely right about that, uh, because Kevin Spacey can be menacing, uh, yes, and, and I've films. seen him be much more menacing both in Seven and in uh, House of Cards. So he's he's capable of doing that as an actor. I guess it was just not the choice of Edgar Wright. Right, right, yeah. Because I mean, even even uh, in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, when he when he really gives it to Jack Lemon's character, um, he's, he's menacing. And so he can play it certain ways, but here, yeah, you're right. He plays it as a nice guy. And then even when he's threatening baby, uh, with death to him, to his girlfriend, to his foster father, he's still not scary. Yeah. He's still not scary. Yeah. We, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. So it, it's curious. It's weird. But he's a guy who doesn't have to be scary. Because of, I think, because of his position, everybody knows who he is. He doesn't need to threaten, mm-hmm. um, and he's in it to make money, right? That, that that's all that it's about. It's just about making the money, mm-hmm. and I, th- I like the fact that they handle him in a way. He's very matter of fact. 
Um, and there is a little bit of a soft streak in him for baby, right? You know, he gives him the gift of the gloves. Right. Um, he doesn't just blackmail him forever. He, you know, just pay off what you owe me. And now you could start making some real money. Um, so is baby his only driver? He has been up until now. Yeah, he said for the last, what, 10 years he's been using mm-hmm. him? So so even though the, the hit people are all different, Baby's the same thing in every one of them? Yeah, because yeah, he makes the he makes the comment when they when they uh, say something about what Joey charm. Bats is complaining about. He's my lucky charm. He says, you know, you know me. I never use the same crew twice. This guy's been my driver, you know, for every job for, you know, the last 10 years or whatever time that he, that he says or something along those lines. Right. You know, so he makes it clear that, you know, it's, you know, it's with him or, or, or not at all. Now, let, let's, let's talk about that whole thing and how he got involved. Basically, uh, you said that he's been his driver for 10 years. And if we can, we're I think. He, let's, yeah, right. I think you're right. So let's just assume he's 25 in this, um, maybe even younger, 23. So you're figuring when he got involved, he was 15, 16. Well, actually, you know what? He Let's say he's he was... He's late twenties because we're figuring that he already has his license ten years prior. Well, no, because so, he says he's been boosting cars since he was like eleven or twelve. Right, but I can't be a, believe eleven or twelve year old would be driving a getaway car for a robbery, right? So, I would think. All right, yeah. If that's the only reason, so let's just let's just say seventeen. Um, so basically, what happened is he was for some reason. So he wasn't. He's no innocent person. He's not a. a a violent criminal, but he is a criminal prior to getting into these bank robbery heists. Well, and I mean, he's, 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 he's hijacking, he's, he's, you know, taking cars out for a ride. You know, he's not doing anything you know, like insidious, like taking shits in lockers or anything. That, that, <laughs> well, that's what I, I just said, that, that he has done, he, it's criminal what he's doing. It's just that it's not violent crime, right? So he, he gets he basically takes a car and somehow the car gets ruined or something happens to it. He dumps it in the river. Who knows? I don't know. And what happened was, is that it had a lot of JD's, I mean, doc's product in it, as you said, Eric. So you're probably right. It was drugs. So, or, or weapons. It could have even been weapons. So basically what happened is my guess is, is that he, pretty sure it wasn't weapons. Cause then they wouldn't have had to go to the weapons guy. Yeah, that's a good point. So basically what happens is um, Baby is basically forced to work for Doc because he owes them like probably a million dollars worth of drugs that yeah. got <laughs> However lost. much those drugs were worth, yeah. Yeah, because his cut is a whole bag of money and Doc takes it away from him to pay and gives him only 10 grand of it <laughs> because every for every heist. So you figure... It must have been a a million, yeah, if he's taken away the whole cut except for 10,000. And he's got a little nice little stash of uh, $10,000 bundles, too. Yeah, yeah, because you figure if he's been doing it for 10 years and maybe one a month, one every two months, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so so he's probably got a good half a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, basically that's the problem. He gets dragged into the mob because, uh, he fucked up by robbing the wrong person's car. (laughs) Right. Um, but the problem is, is by the time he's able to pay off his debt, 
Doc doesn't want him to go because he's too valuable. And mm-hmm. so basically blackmails him by by threatening not only his life, but his girlfriend's and his, his foster dad. Father. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's not very nice. Right, right. That's when I started to not like his character. Yeah, because I thought he obviously was getting paid back, and he was mm-hmm. just doing it for business's purposes. But then when he blackmails to keep him in the mob, is he's I'm like, okay, he's like the rest of them, just like Pacino said in Godfather 3. Mm-hmm. Which is, they keep on dragging me back in, and I just want to get out. And that's the problem. Once you step over that red line, it's almost right. impossible to get out. Um, the only way out is in a body bag. That's right. Or a box. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, what's your opinion on all that since you've been kind of quiet on all that good stuff? Right. When he says the line, I'll, you know, you will we'll be, not will be even. Square. We'll be square. <clears throat> we'll be square. We'll be settled. Yeah. You know, to correct baby when he says, you know, we'll be done. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a criminal. Yeah. You know, he's using people to get what he wants. Um, I don't think there should be any doubt that, you know, he would fuck over any of these people if necessary. Yeah, I think that's another reason why they showed us the death of J.D., or at least J.D.'s body and, and whatnot, and how nonchalant Doc was. Because I think prior to that scene where J.D.'s in the trunk, Doc seemed like a not that nefarious person and just a, a criminal, you know, you know, like a, a Hollywood criminal. And then when we see JD in the trunk, we say, oh, okay, now we know this guy's really in, in you know, this is business. This is, you know, yeah. so, so continue Mike, what you're saying. Sorry about that. I just wanted so, to uh, that, that was really it. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a user. He's whatever charms he has, he has a soft spot for baby, but it's, there's, there's, you know, the sentiment is there, but it's not overriding the fact that he's, wants what he wants. These are ruthless, brutal people. Yep, sure. Sure. Um, and I think that's kind of cool because originally it makes us feel like it's romanticizing this. And then um, as the film goes, it, yeah, it takes away any of that feeling and, and shows us the, the actual danger and, and the corruption and, and the psychopaths that, and, and actually, as you said, Eric, about BAPS, uh, the evil that is actually there. And I think that was uh, interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, is like you knew the moment that he became square, the film wasn't going to be over and there was going to be something bad happening because we still well, have yeah, 40 minutes. Yeah, no movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, so uh, what else? What else we got? Anything? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to delve into as far as the plot of the characters of this movie. Because for me, this is a lot more about the execution than anything else. What about you, Mike? You chose the film. There must have been some yeah, stuff that I, you wanted to talk about. I mean, come on. Come I, on. I've, I've, ta- I've talked about a lot of what I wanted to talk about already. Um, hold on a second. Um, do you want to get into, uh, we haven't really talked about, well, I, I would want to get into the finale. I mean, the, uh, I mean the whole final chase when everything goes wrong. Yeah. We, we talking, which, which, which one, the heist or, or the, the one, well, everything uh, stems 
right from that right from the heist right so we we kind of went over what went wrong with the heist mm-hmm. right and and he kills Joey Bats by driving you know he said move and what happened I moved you know um he drives into the truck in front of him and kills Joey Bats with rebar uh-huh um and then it turns into a foot chase and uh, it never set really... to the song of hocus pocus by the group focus uh anybody who's not familiar with that song I would I would encourage anybody who's never heard the song before to go look it up on YouTube and try and find there was a live there's a live performance of of them on a television show from the 70s and <laughs> you guys should go check it out too as as well as our listeners cuz uh there's there's the one guy who's kind of the lead of the band who he he plays keyboards and he yodels and he plays the flute and <laughs> If you watch this video, well, clearly the whole band is uh, going very fast. Um, And uh, all of them, but particularly this lead guy, have done all the drugs. (laughs) This guy is just sweating profusely and making the funniest facial expressions while he's performing this song. It's really something to check out. So go look up Hocus Pocus Pocus. on on YouTube and try and find that uh, that live television performance because it's really something to behold, and it's the song that this foot chase is set to. Uh, and while I was watching this in the theater, I was like, "How the hell has there never been a chase set to this music before? This is perfect um, because it's 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 crazy and it's frantic and it's awesome, and I I love this whole scene set to to Hocus Pocus." Yeah, it's interesting how certain films you can just find find a song nobody's used, um, even if it's a popular song like um, Layla in Goodfellas, mm-hmm. and it just kind of owns the song forever. Or, or Atlantis for Goodfellas. Yep. Or that was a good one too. But that was the one where uh, they they stabbed the guy um, with, with the pen. Atlantis by by Jonathan. There was a lot of song film, but I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of songs in that film. Good fellows, that. Yeah, but I mean, you you play, but you ask some if you play a song if you if if you're the right age, assuming someone's seen Goodfellas, you know that's the song that people most associate with Goodfellas is, is Layla. And what scene was that? It's the 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 second half of Layla where they're playing the piano piece. Yeah, but but what uh, I don't remember. Eric, Layla in Goodfellas. I've never seen. I'm that trying movie. to remember. It's been so long since I've seen Goodfellas. I don't remember specifically what scene. Uh, right. But they I'm use saying, it heavily. I'm, I'm thinking you're thinking of of you're mistaking the, the Layla song with with Atlantis. No, I'm thinking of Layla. Well, I'm pretty sure they only used the Layla song at, in the credits. They they film. use it very they use it a lot in the marketing of the film, right? But but it's not actually in the film except in the credits. But it's still identified with the film is the point. Okay, I guess I, I mean I I again it it was only in the credits so that's why. It, but either way, I'm sorry. Anyway, but I see your point though. Your your point is. We'll have our discussion on Goodfellas when we choose that for a topic. It's, but it's in one of the scenes where all the bodies are rolling up. 
Yeah, okay, I think I know what scene you're talking about. I got, yeah, I'll have to replay it to see if it's actually that's the Layla song, but you could be right. Yeah. It is yeah. Layla. It's the, it's the piano exit from, from Layla, the, the second half, not right. the not yeah, the part I, I, where clapping is screaming on his guitar. I know, I know. But, but the, it's also in the credits. So I'll, I'll have to watch it. But either way, let's get back to Baby Driver because we're, we're way off topic there. Right. So, so you're right. Um, it, but, but it, and they'll, they'll grab a song uh, that maybe people know but never thought to put in a film, and then you can't imagine how nobody else has used it before. Mm. Right, right. And Quentin Tarantino, uh, I think he was pretty close to being the one that made that mainstream. With his films, I don't know if he was the first. No, I mean a lot of people have. He just was really good at it. Yeah, I mean you think of um, if there's a movie that did it, I might go with uh, Big Chill. Okay, that's, yeah. a, good that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good good example. Where where it was using original, not original. It was using um, pop songs, previously recorded pop songs, songs, previously yeah. recorded yeah. songs, very heavily in the film, and that was a huge soundtrack um, sure in terms yep, of sales sure so and again yep. i'm not saying it was the first to do it but it was you know it you know by that you're, you're was making like, good examples yeah. yeah it was but it was also was a case of yeah all right now this is a way to make money too we can get right all this extra yeah. soundtrack and sales. I, I think it really became a, a big thing in the 80s uh because you saw all those soundtracks uh for sales during the 80s that was that was a huge big, thing yeah big thing yeah 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 uh, atomic blonde eric that was a good one Yes, that was a good soundtrack. Yes, it was. Uh, El Royale was another good one. Um, there, there were a number of films that, that film. still have to see that film. Uh, and any given Tarantino film, of course. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, and uh, any any uh, Scorsese films from the nineties forward. Um, all right. So um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing about this this film here is that uh the music is is essential to the entire story yes um, in fact the story was kind of based around it yeah yeah and the thing is is he since it's a hollywood film like mike you said they were able to get the songs in advance without having to drop them in later um also um so do you think he has ocd right he has to have ocd because he has to stop and rewind and don't don't leave yet uh, the car until I restart the song and all this other stuff. Well, I think yeah, it's but part of it. I think extent. he's got he's got certain thing. I think he picks the song based on the timing they need for the film, mm-hmm. not yeah. for the film for the heist. Um, yeah. So he knows right. It's going to take whatever hundred amount of seconds. time for them to get in and do what they need to do. Right. right. There's there's certainly though, and it's a timing mechanism he uses for his driving. But yeah, the fact that he has to have. I need it to hit on this particular beat when I hit my foot on the gas. Yep. Yeah, that would certainly imply a certain level of OCD. The guy that you know, the idea that this guy's going around audio recording like every conversation he has in order to do voice samples. Uh huh. Um, you know, right. and and is doing that kind of obsessively. I think it's fair to say. Which right. and, yeah, and and that was the the one thing in the movie. I was like, well, first of all, I thought it was kind of funny when they they show him making a song, uh, but also like later when when the crew discovers that he has all these tapes, yeah, really not a smart thing to do if you're involved in the criminal enterprise. Um, I can totally see why Doc was incredibly pissed off about that. Yeah, but but, uh, but, he, but he knew that it wasn't nefarious. That the baby wasn't doing it. As a as a 
Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. He's got tapes right. and tapes and right. tapes and tapes of their criminal plans that if he right. happens to get picked up by the cops and they look in his place, well, ta-da! Well, yeah, well, there's a couple of things, too. I mean, here's another coincidence, right, where they just happen to play Deborah the tape. But the thing that I felt was odd about the whole tape thing, besides him doing it because of the, his OCD or whatever, the reason he does it, is that he uses tapes. Because here's a guy that's, that's used iPods everywhere, mm. except when he makes his tapes. He's actually recording with a cassette, and then he... He records them. Animals, his, man. Animals. Yeah, all analog, which is odd because everything otherwise for him is digital. So it was, it was very interesting. It was. I also like when I watched this movie, I, I felt so old immediately um, because they show like they show him getting like baby's first iPod, and, and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck! I got my first iPad pod when I was in like my thirties. <laughs> Well, he would have been. It wasn't Baby's first iPod. I mean, it was Baby's baby. He wasn't as a baby. He was probably like ten years old. Uh, Yeah, you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I I was. I was already an adult when they released the first iPod. Right. Well, well, and just to to look at what those iPods looked like too. It was kind of. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, because they used to have. uh, um, Oh, and there's still the the pinnacle pool when they came out. They weren't SSD either. They were they were uh, hard drives. Yep. Yeah, hard drives, and and you had to use a daisy wheel, right? It's kind of interesting. Not a daisy chain. That was a later model. Never mind. Hello. <laughs> it was a, uh, you killed uh, the uh, podcast with geez. that awful joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, now. Um, what, what did you think of the, the cars that were chosen? Because uh, why did they have to use the SUV in the second one, but the first one it was just a? Uh, they actually gave a up. plot reason. Uh, they wanted, they wanted the SUV something so heavy, it was heavy so they could ram if they had to. Okay, but w- why didn't they have one of those for the other? The first they one? didn't need to. Speed was essential. Okay, yeah. and, and being able to disappear into the city, I guess you know it's. Uh, among the like the morning commute or whatever time of day that was, right? Piece of trivia yeah. that that red car in the beginning that he's driving is a, a Subaru that- WRX. Yeah, and uh, uh, I can never remember the actor's name who played Baby. Um, but uh, what's his name? Uh, Ansel, Ansel Elgort. Ansel yeah. Adams. Or- uh, Edgar Wright actually gave that to Ansel Elgort as a birthday present at the end of the shoot. Interesting. Oh, oh, you know what else was cool was they they had one of the cars that they swiped when they switched uh, was a Saturn. Uh, right. Rest in peace. Those were good cars. I like Saturns. <laughs> yeah. Must be a New England thing. Your friend Mark was big into Saturns, and he was a Connecticut boy. Oh, my brother, go. my older brother, bought a Saturn. Probably the only new car he ever bought uh, when he was living in Massachusetts. He, uh, yeah, he totaled it. <laughs> Damn. Well, Damn. that killed the story. That's not a fun story. Yeah. Well, was he, last... he was fine. He didn't get hurt, but it's actually, it's actually a funny story now that he's okay. Uh, which is that he rolled the car because, Ooh. um, he was like leaning over to change the radio station or whatever. And while he was doing that, a spider lowered itself from a web right down, uh, where his face was so so he like straightened back up 
and had a spider like an inch in front of his eyes and it made him it made him jump and he jerked the wheel and rolled the car Uh, moral of the story is spiders suck and the weird thing is he was listening to the spider-man theme song at the time (laughs) well uh, spiders are good because they they take out mosquitoes now if it had been baby driver he wouldn't have rolled the car he just would have like made it flip over backwards so the spider lost its web and flew out the window and then kept on driving. I think it would have been I think it would have been a one eighty and flung the spider out the window. <laughs> could be, could be. Indeed. I think that was I think that's the proper move there. That was my uh, last so. stick shift flip was my seven. That was damn good. But I can't I can't get <laughs> stick shifts anymore because my wife doesn't know how to use one. Mm. So it's devastating. Yeah, I'm an automatic guy myself, but I, I like people have explained to me the appeal of driving a stick, and I, I, I get it. It's just not my preference. Sure, sure. But my preference is is cost, <laughs> and sticks are so cheaper. So yeah, they're usually a grand or two cheaper than uh than the automatic. At least they used to be. Not yes. anymore because manual is the less common option. Indeed. Um, let's see. Uh, so as you can see, all these, these cars here, right? They're all stick shifts, right? In this movie? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, they, one of the trivia pieces I read said that the, that Doc's Mercedes, the car they used in the movie, they actually had to, uh, uh, they had to modify the computer system in the car because it was designed to correct when the car went out of control and they were trying to intentionally take it out of control, and it wouldn't let them. <laughs> so, so, so they had to modify the the computer system to get rid of all the like uh, traction control and 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 uh, safety features, so they could do the stunt driving they needed to do. So I think that's kind of funny. It is. Uh, so, what do you think of a Doc's speaking of Doc? His fate. I mean, I found it a little. I'm not going to say unrealistic because the movie isn't particularly realistic to begin with. I didn't find it to be in line with his character that right. he did what he did at the end and tech pretty much sacrificed himself for baby. Um, when like five minutes previously he'd been like, go fuck yourself. Um, so yeah, that was a little, that was a turn well, did you that catch, I didn't really right. feel right. Well, I don't know that he's how much he sacrificed himself for Baby. I think because he was about to get killed anyway, right? Because as soon as the garage door opens, right. they shout yeah, out, "Bananas!" Well, well, he already which, had he already had two bullet holes in him anyway. Too. Well, let me ask you this, Mike: Who were those those black guys? I think those, those were the cops coming after him, right? Because yeah, maybe yeah. you know, because because unfortunately, his cop buddies had just been killed on his heist. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So so the the his cops, I think, had just turned on him and coming after him. Right. Yeah, he's a good shot though. He took all three of them out. Doc got Doc and fired the gun. You would have never thought so. Well, yeah, except he didn't like actually kill the one guy who then shot him. Yeah, that's true. So not that good of a shot. <laughs> yeah, but three three against one, right? Wasn't it three against one? Yeah, three against one. Still, still pretty good. Still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, God forbid this was a movie. He would have took them all out and and then went out and with a drink. But, <laughs> but uh yeah and then um john ham's character takes him out but i i don't know was john ham actually going for doc too i think he was going for after doc too or or was doc well no he he have, went for doc because doc was in the way 
You're right, right. And Doc, like if I Doc think... hadn't been there, I don't think he would have made a separate trip for Doc. Right. Plus, I think Doc needed one of them dead at that point anyway because he had to cut all people. Right. From that, you know, that would be notified. That could, you know, say Doc did it. It's dark. It's dark. And him, similar to the JD, right? You you kill, you kill the fuck ups. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Uh, anything else anybody has? Mike? Anything? Anything? Uh, no, I think. Oh, but yeah, we yeah. Um, what about the diner scene? Which okay, one? Fr- which one? Yeah. Uh, at the end, in the final act. Oh, okay. They end up at the diner, and uh, with with. with with Baps, with, with John. Oh, 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 with him. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty good scene. Again, another good example. Just kind of crank up the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, was it in the diner? No, was it in the diner or was it after when he said, "I'm going to take away something you love," and he shoots the. Uh, that was the that was later. Parking garage. That was later. Yeah, that was in the parking yeah, garage. That, yeah, that was after he he shot shot him to get the ring in his ear. Shot next to his ear. He says it's a shame that now I gotta have to kill or something like that. And I said, I, he said, I'm gonna take away something you love, and then he fired the gun on each side of his head. Yeah. And I thought at oh. that point what he meant was his hearing, so he couldn't hear music anymore. Right. Uh, but then he he continued and right. said, "You're gonna watch me, you know, kill her, blah blah blah." But you know uh, what? Mike does have a good point about at the at the diner when he says he's talking about. Dowling and how Dowling was, you know, great and mm-hmm. nice, nice and all that. And he asks Baby, and Baby says, "Yeah, I agree." You know, and then he says, "What about yours?" And that was when he was threatening that he was going to take out Dowling too. I think mm-hmm. so. Mike, Mike, you need to have a good point there. Um, take out Deborah, you mean? Deborah, sorry, right, exactly. And and you're right because he's going to kill Deborah. Even at the end, too, after he thought baby was out out of commission. But anyway, uh, now let's talk about the last scene, right? Whether it's fantasy or not. So, um, well, actually, let's talk about that too. One one of the things I really liked about this is, uh, I think the cliche ending would have been them driving off into the sunset, right? Uh, maybe they would have been pursued by cops. Maybe they would have been heading off to Mexico to go to the titty twister or something. <laughs> right. Or, or, or um, over, over a cliff, like in that Gina Davis film, or off to Canada. Yeah. But I like the fact that they're there with the cops. And he no, just, I, I like that he gets caught. That, 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 that he, was good. And he doesn't just get caught. He gives himself up and then they show us, um, they show us some of the trial character witnesses. Yep. With the character witnesses and walk us back through all the little things he's been doing. Um, he's got a good heart. He's got a good heart. He's got mm-hmm. a good heart. He's got a good heart. He took my car, but he gave me my purse back and said, sorry. <laughs> said, sorry. Well, yeah. And well, again, let's also remember these are extenuating circumstances and you had Joe testify that this was never something he wanted to do it was something he was forced to do, mm-hmm. you know? So it was, yeah. You know, so, <laughs> uh, I was just going to check something in the cast and it popped up as baby driver based on a true story. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry about that. Um, 
and cause there's a bit of re- like a, a redemptive thing. It wasn't just that he has to serve time. He has done bad things. He has put people's lives at risk. You could certainly make an argument that there were other ways he could have handled it besides driving. Um, or certainly the law would, would, would perceive it that way. You know, if only he had gone to the police, none of this would ever have happened. Oh, and that's, that's um, true. Yeah. Um, that's, well, that's how the prosecution would, would go with it. Yeah. Oh, I know the prosecution would have went with that, but you know, when you're dealing with, uh, uh the mob, right. When you're dealing with the mob, you know, you don't take chances. Right. Um, so, I, I I really liked that. I liked that aspect of the film, uh, and, and that's how it ended. And it does end whether you know whether we what we see in the dream is how it ends up or not. It's just the idea that he gets a bit of redemption. He'll be able to step out and have, if not a great life afterwards, at least a relatively clean one. Right? He gets well, a, he'll get, get his start. The well, reason I was it, it, fairly positive that it was a fantasy at the end is because there was a scene like that earlier in the movie where he had this black and white fantasy of them running off together uh, shot in exactly the same way, which is why I, I thought it was just a corresponding fantasy. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, what happened was is that the first time I thought I saw the film, I thought it was real. But the second time I saw it, which was last night, was I felt that I may lean with you, Eric, because like you said, it starts off black and white. And then goes in color. Plus, the 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 amount of the crime damage the crime caused to human lives and all this other stuff, especially the the last one, not not any of the prior ones, was enough that you know because you have people who, as long as you're a driver, if someone gets killed in a robbery and you're the driver, in some states, and I'm sure Atlanta, I mean Georgia would be like that too, uh, then you're also you're also uh, can be charged with first degree murder or second degree murder as well, because you were there at the crime scene participating in the in the crime, even if you didn't pull the trigger. So if cops were involved, cops possibly get killed 25 years, which is fairly good. Five years after probation. I mean, I mean, whatever. Um, I think I think it would be too hard to see him get out after five years, never mind someone waiting for him after five years, especially when the letters that he got made it sound like she wasn't writing to him often. And then I don't even know if she has the money. Did she even get the money? His $600,000 that he had in the hole, because when they pull him over and he's arrested, and if the money's in that car, that money's gone, right? That would be confiscated. Right. And he left so, money with Joe. Um, Right. Yeah, probably so, didn't get the money. Yeah, so the money's gone. He's in jail and accessory to murder, even if he's a good kid. Generally. Well, we don't know what he was uh, convicted of specifically, do we? Right. No, no, we don't. It doesn't say. I think that's on purpose because otherwise uh, we would know if it's a dream or not if, if we knew what he was convicted of, right? Um, if it was convicted of... Uh, association with murder then we know that it was a dream if mm, i i think the style is, is all the evidence we need personally well i mean edgar wright says he left it open to her interpretation okay uh, he said no, i think i'm see, interpreting I, it as a fantasy 
and what he says, I think the end scene is up for interpretation, and I sort of learned quickly through the test screening process that I should let people interpret it how they want. I think it's an important thing with movies where you don't have to state your actual intention because nobody's response to it is wrong. I think that's a good thing to do. You don't want to have anybody say, no, you're wrong. You read that wrong. It's better if you have two different interpretations. Um, and the fact that the rest of the film is stylized, um, like with the rainbow, um, it's again, it's paying off the shot from earlier in the film. But this wasn't a hyper-realistic film to begin with. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, if you want to have a rainbow there, you could have the rainbow there, just as you had the words on the street in the beginning of the film. So I think it works either way, and I think we'll know which way it is when we get to the sequel. And and you know, it's quite funny is that is that he, yeah, I mean, if Edgar Wright wanted us to know, he would have just let us know that he got out, or he would have just showed him still in jail, you know. So by doing this the way he did it, he obviously, uh, I mean, everybody gets what they want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and they, they are talking about a sequel. Eric. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, this is not I mean the only I don't This like, is a complete story. They, right. This is a complete story. The only place they really can go now is you know, again, the you know we need the best. We're not letting you walk away. You're gonna have to we need the the heist of of the century, or we need a great driver to track down the terrorist <laughs> plot. You know, and only right. the best driver will do. Well, that's the thing, right? Are they, they going right, to be the best driver in the world can stop the terrorists? If, if they if they do make a sequel, right? Are they, are they going to make it uh, where he's dragged back into being a driver again? And I, I don't, you know, how does that work? He's already been convicted or everything, right? Well, well the aliens, the is that the aliens the, invade, challenge the Earthlings to a race. Through the I, I am I am firmly against the sequel to this movie. I think it's a bad idea. Hey, hey, hey Rob Zombie was able to do it with three from hell, so why not? Um, I haven't well, seen it. Don't know if it's any good. It wasn't for that either. I haven't seen it either, but I'm just being facetious. Well, but here's here's what I, here's the only thing I'll say. I agree with you. It is a complete film. I don't think it needs a sequel. Right. But as I often like to say, we don't really need any of these films in the first place. Well, if okay, Edgar Wright, fair, fair enough. It's a it's an odd film to make a sequel since it's not it like is an odd film, to, right? But at the same time, if you had told me, you know, uh, back in 2016, you know, I would if you would ask me, I would have said, it's, "Why is the guy who made a horror film and a police cult thriller film and a science fiction film and a video game film?" now making a movie called Baby Driver. Um, I had no idea what was in his head when he was making the film, and I ended up loving it. I have no idea what's in his head for a Baby Driver 2. Maybe it'll make sense when you see it. Well, at, some point, at some point, you trust the artist. I, I don't. I, I, I think any sequel to this would be a money grab. Um, I, I, I can't imagine it. I, I I just don't see the point in doing the sequel. I I can't possibly be as good. Well, um, I don't think there's a, a intelligent story left to tell here. I think it's been told, and I don't want to see a sequel for this. I think it'll be uh, nothing but commercialism at its worst. Well, it's it's it, I'll tell you this: it's it's not uh, in. His IMDb, well, not well, not that, but his wiki, anyway. Well, I mean. He's got his 2020 
at, at the end of the year of next year, his next film comes out, and it's supposed to be a horror film. Uh, well, he isn't uh, making it yet. What's that? He hasn't. He hasn't started making it. It's something that they've talked about. Right, but but again, they've been talking about uh, Edge of Tomorrow Part Two as well for <laughs> forever too. You know, so who knows? But what is that, that on, means. is that on Tom? Is that on Tom Cruise's IMDb? Is my point. You know, they, they, I, I don't, they know. don't have anything is, for it. So yeah, I, I just don't want to see it. That's all. Right. Well, and and to be honest, yeah, I, I mean, I like this this film and and this world was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably with Eric where I wouldn't. I rather just see them. Leave it as is. I would rather see it. I, I just want the, the artist to make the films they want to make. And if he has an idea and it's and if it's coming from a place that is not a place of money grabbing, then I'm more than happy to, to, to give it a chance. Um, and I have no idea at this point what the case, because this wasn't a movie. I don't remember this being a movie that made a ton of money. I mean, it made money, but not like, you know, not like, you know, ooh, we got a spin this off into a whole franchise kind of money. Yeah, it pretty much tripled its budget. At least here in the US. Uh yeah, worldwide it uh it had a budget of thirty four million, pulled in worldwide two twenty six. Yeah. So that's that's a money maker. Alright. Yep. Oh there it is, baby driver two IMDB. There you go. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, it means nothing. It's a name. There's absolutely no people attached to it. It's just a placeholder. Yeah. Again, IMDb is kind of the Wikipedia of movies because people. And I don't want to go to that place that it's holding. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that was what I was going to ask about. So I really don't see a. I don't see a story. This is a. Like I don't want to see baby going back to a life of crime. Right. And and I don't know what's the next thing. He becomes a NASCAR racer. I don't I don't get it. I don't right I don't, right. I don't, and, and how did he get out of jail in in two years? I mean, it like, doesn't but, matter. Let's he was sent, it was he was, he was eligible for parole in five. Phil. So that's right. Yeah. So by the time the movie comes out, it would be five years probably. Well, they can also like fast forward in time. They used to do yeah. that all the time. Thirteenth movies. No, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I mean, the movie. You know, it's it, it, it happens. It's, it's, it's just hard to believe that someone would be able to get out in five years after the the type of crimes that occurred. Even if well, he was, if, if even anything if he, else, we want to say about this theoretical sequel. And, and technically, you could say that he did uh, a kill a man because he killed Jamie Jamie Foxx's character. It, it was a tragic accident, and you can't prove otherwise. Right. So manslaughter, at least. <laughs> tragic accidents aren't manslaughter. It's at best criminal negligence. Right, but but, he, but he, it was first degree murder because he. he oh, it put, was, but who were the witnesses? <laughs> right, they're all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> so you can't prove anything. That's true. Uh, either, either way, either way, uh, which I'm just I'm with Eric. I'm just hoping right. they don't make a sequel, and not because I I wouldn't like one, but I I just don't think it. I think it would just be silly. I don't see it. I don't, but that but that's 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 all. That's why I'm just saying is I don't see it. I don't see how it's going to work. I don't see right. how it, how they can make it work. Some stories don't be continued. Don't need to be continued. This is one of them. Um, Not like Rock. And I might be talking about another one soon. Oh, right. I see. What you're <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Any other things on your notebook, Mike, on this film that you wanted to bring up? That no, that I think that have... was about it. 
All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so uh, let's see a couple of things uh, before we give our final thoughts on this film. Uh, Eric, you actually do a podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. Uh, it is a general interest podcast called the Scancy Podcast. That's spelled S K A N C I T Y. You can find it wherever you got this one. Excellent. And Mike, uh, uh, you, me, and Eric, as well as two other co-hosts, do another podcast. We do. Oh yeah, the Dark Discussions podcast coming at you every week. We record it on Thursday nights, which would be tomorrow, uh, discussing. Uh, uh, horror film fiction and all that is fantastic. Uh, and our next episode will be discussing Zombieland Double Tap. Yep, that's right. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, um, oh, as far, uh, as, as far as this podcast goes, the next episode we'll be covering the movie Starlet. And Mike, I have some bad news. Phil's a commie devil worshipping son of a bitch, and he's tricking us into a, doing a movie about a small dog. He's, we're doing a that's movie about a little right. dog. That that's motherfucker. The name, that's you where the son the, of a bitch. That, that's that's where the name of the the title comes from. The dog. I the hate you. Is, <laughs> the dog is. Uh, as, as far as I can tell, that just gives us more opportunities to point out how little dogs are in fact fake dogs. <laughs> oh, and 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 we'll just go through the movie and point out. Instance and instance and instance. The dog-like creature, right? The, the dog-like animal, right? The dog-like creature. That's oh, for crying out loud! Let's see. Also, uh, if folks want to, uh, they can go to Amazon.com and search for my name on Amazon.com, and there are some short story collections and stuff out there that you can buy. Uh, so search for things like my name, but also you can go to Pextagonal. Sextet, I mean, I mean, pentagonal sextet. I was about um, to say what now? <laughs> yeah, what now? Um, as well as I've always had problems with that word. Uh, as well as various other um, collections that have uh, my short stories in them, and uh, people can check them out and uh, let me know what you think. Um, all right, so I think that's pretty much it. Uh, again, we're uh, uh, darkdiscussions dot com. So look for that when you want to find us on the web. Now, uh, let's give our final thoughts on this film. So uh, let's start with you, Mike. Yeah, I, like I said, this is one of my favorite films of the last few years. I really enjoy the hell out of it. And it's just one of those movies that once I start watching it, it's really hard for me to turn it off, um, which is something I will also say about most of the, the Tarantino films, too. So, um you know, I agree with you, Phil, that if you like those Tarantino films, there's a really good chance you'll like these as well. You know, and I think there's a lot of Edgar Wright into this. So if you like Edgar Wright's other movies, you'll probably like this, too. Um, it, it's just a silly, silly title that I think might have been an obstacle for some people. Um, but highly recommend it. Right. Yeah, that, we didn't even talk about it. You're right, though. Uh, the title may have scared a few people off. I think that may have been one reason why I didn't, since I don't re watch trailers and stuff, was one of the ones that I, reasons why I just ignored the film when it came. Um, oh, by the way, Mike, uh, sorry about the Yankees, dude. Yeah, that's tough. Oh, yeah, it did better than Red Sox. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's Burn! Sorry. I'm terribly sorry. Um, that's okay. I'll have to content myself with the seven World Series they won in my lifetime. <laughs> you mean the Red Sox? They they won how many now? Um, uh, four. Now, um, 
let's see. Let's give our thoughts on this film. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty solid film. Um, I've watched. How many times have you watched this film, Mike? Not a lot, like four, maybe five in the last couple of years. Okay, just curious. Uh, yeah, so uh, I watched it twice, um, and uh, I think I actually liked it a lot better the first time. I mean, the second time, even though I I did like it a lot the first time too. Um, it's uh, a really good film, actiony, uh, cultishy, like like said, the Quentin Tarantino type feel. Um, um, it, it is a little quirky, as Eric mentioned, with with the fantasy stuff going on, because I mean, a lot of the stuff that happens is too perfect. So that may pull some people out, but, uh, all in all, um, I don't see why anybody that doesn't like genre films wouldn't like this film. It's, it's a rock solid film. Uh, Eric. Um, I think this is a very good movie. Uh, as I said at the beginning, it's, it's not a terribly original plot line. However, um, that's really not the point of this movie. Uh, the point of the movie is the soundtrack and how everything is designed around the sidetrack, and it's woven into the fabric of the movie, uh, unlike any other I think I've ever seen, um, without it being a straight-up musical. Uh, so yeah, I think it's really a spectacular piece of filmmaking, uh, some fun action, uh, some great music, and I recommend it. Now, Eric, uh, did, did you like the soundtrack better, or the movie, or... or... Is that oranges and apples? I, I I think this the movie is good because of the soundtrack. Fair enough. Well, well, well answered. All right, sounds good. So uh, that's uh, 2017 Baby Driver, second episode of Cinema a la Carte. Um, so next next uh, episode, which will come out in about a month from this episode, uh, will be as Eric mentioned, uh, a film called Starlet from what year was that again, Eric? 2010 was it? Shit, 2012. 2012, that's right. Uh, so we'll be discussing that. Uh, a little different from our last two films from on this podcast, but uh, definitely uh, fits the podcast and uh, should be a good watch. Um, now, uh, folks want to see this film. To be fair, it does have an 89% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so it is well-reviewed. Indeed. It sure, it sure is. Yep. Um, and I'm looking forward to discussing it, because that actually will be my choice uh, with uh, Hostel's the first episode, Eric's and Baby Driver, Mike's uh, style it will be my choice. Uh, but anyway, um, 2017 film, you can watch it anywhere, VOD. Uh, maybe maybe find it on free on, on stations here and there, but you know, you just go to that Flickster uh, uh, website. So just a slight correction. Baby Driver is 2017. Starlet is 2012. That, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yep. Um, and uh, folks can also get the disc, as Eric does, or, or I should say Eric said he has. I did it do as well, Eric. Um, and I watched the Blu-ray last night. Um, I actually and, uh, I bought it digitally on, on iTunes um, oh, because nice. it was one of the very first uh, ones they released uh, with Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos sound. Um, so I used it to test out my new sound bar that's Atmos capable when I got it. Uh, it does have two commentary tracks on it. Uh, I have not watched with either of them yet, but I plan to. And uh, Eric, uh, does it sound really good? Uh, the VOD version oh, in Europe. Hell yes. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I don't even know what the extras are on my disc, if if there is even any, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I'm looking on the back. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, Blu-ray exclusive. Okay, so I bought this. Uh, it says over 20 minutes of extended and deleted scenes, Mozart in a go-kart, uh, Ansel drives, anim- animatics, uh, 
something funky on there. Um, doesn't say anything about the commentaries now. Hmm. I wonder if it, it doesn't if have it a has... commentary. I don't think. Really? So the iTunes version is better then. No, it has extra features. It doesn't have a commentary, right, Eric? Or is am I misremembering? It has two commentaries. Oh, does it? All right, let me yeah. take a look at the uh, yeah, the disc because right? I didn't listen to the commentary on it. I haven't had a chance to listen to many commentaries lately. Me um, neither. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah, I don't know if it has a it has commentaries. The, the the Blu-ray. Do you have the Blu-ray, Mike? Is that what you're looking at right now? I do not. I have the Blu-ray, but I'm not looking at it right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, looking at the review. Oh, yeah, Blu-ray. It does Sorry. have two audio, audio commentaries with uh, Edgar Wright okay, and cool. uh, Bill. And the other one is with uh, Edgar Wright and Bill Pope, the cinematographer. Yep, that sounds okay. the same. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so the Blu-ray does it, even though it doesn't uh, say, uh, advertise it on the back. Um, Blu-ray.com, uh, Blu-ray, blue-ray.com. Uh, let us know. Excellent job, Mike. Blu-ray.com is awesome. It is a great site. What's that, Mike? So is the other one a porn site or something? I have no idea. Because you, you made sure you emphasized the dash. Oh, because well, if that's people want to check it out. That's, yeah, yeah right. if people want to check it out, that, that's the URL. Yeah. Um, all right, sounds good. So uh, I guess we can wrap it up. So uh, uh, thanks for listening. Send your feedback to darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the film as well as uh, the podcast itself. And uh, with that stated, Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in to Cinema a la carte to listen to us talk about Baby Driver. Uh, we'll be back next month to talk about Stella or Starlet, whatever the fuck it is about the fake dog. Ooh, his. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it right. <laughs>